I'm Jessica Randolph, and welcome to the How to Buy a House podcast, where we empower you to invest in real estate and start building wealth for yourself. It's the biggest purchase of your life, and we're going to teach you how to do it right. Y'all, you're going to want to hang on to your earbuds for this episode because we have got the rock star of all rock stars in the real estate business with us today. Jenica Lynn is our incredible how to buy a house class teacher out of Seattle and girlfriend is a boss. Jenica has been nominated for several awards and has been recognized as one of the top agents in the country. She's won Realtor Magazine's 30 Under 30 Award, was also honored 40 Under 40 Award in the Business Examiner, was on countless leadership academies throughout the years, and is a lifetime Washington resident. And on the topic of incredible realtors, It's a perfect segue because our topic today is how to choose your realtor. So we're going to get into that because it's extremely important and I can't wait for you to hear from Jenica today. So without further ado, let's get into it. Jenica, thank you so much for being on today's episode today. I'm so pumped that you're here and that we get to chat together. Thank you for having me. Before we get started into today's topic, which today's topic is how to choose your realtor and This is such an important topic because, I mean, we're going to talk about why it's so important, but one of the reasons is because a lot of people don't know that they can choose their realtor. They don't know that it's typically free for you to use a realtor when you're buying a house. They think, oh, that's a luxury and maybe I can't afford it. If you are buying a house, you can afford it because guess what? You're not the one paying their commission nine times out of 10. It's normally paid by the seller. So if you're listening to this podcast, there will be a time where you need to choose who your realtor is. And it is absolutely vital that you pick the right person. And we talk about it here and there in a few different episodes, but we're going to dedicate this entire episode to really what that process should look like and what you should look for in a realtor. So Jenica, before we get into that, tell us about you. Obviously you're a realtor. Tell us kind of about your background, you know, your life in Seattle and like how real estate found you and kind of how you got to where you are now. Well, I have been in real estate. This is going into in August of the year 14. Um, I got in when I was 20. So I, everyone asked like how I fell into real estate. I more say like, I didn't know any better that you just like, I got in and I started going and I was good at it. And it just continued building, which I feel every day fortunate that I fell into something that I'm good at and that I love doing every day. Um, so I've been through some of the market changes. We've just gone through one. I got in when it was like short sell bankruptcies, all of those things that were happening, bank owned properties. And so learning like the market from that end to then a very progressive market with competing. It's just been interesting to see the different fluctuations. Um, But I've had, like I said, I've been in the business for 14 years. I have a team of support behind me, but I am the main contact for as far as transactions and client facing. Um, And then I leverage behind me so that I make sure that I have things happening on the back end that are being taken care of for my clients to have a smooth transaction in the process. That's awesome. And right now, I mean, I I know you already love what you're doing, but I'm guessing you feel like I want to do this for the rest of my life. Like, this is my lane and I've found it, right? And that's super important because what we're talking about today, choosing your realtor, by the way, if you're in Seattle, if you're anywhere near the Pacific Northwest, definitely follow Jenica Lynn. You can contact her if you need a realtor. Um, Her and her team, they're some of the best in Seattle. Um, And actually, Jenica and I both won 30 under 30, which is awesome. The National Association of Realtors, every year they pick 30 agents in the country under the age of 30 based on their performance and their character and their sales and things like that. And Jenica and I both won that. And yeah, it's a huge testament to who you are for sure. And so if you're in Seattle, hook up with Jenica. I mean, not hook up. Oh my gosh. (laughs) You know what I meant. I'm off the market, but it's been a journey on dating. So I would have normally been like, plug that. But now we're 
market, so that's the, that's amazing. Me. Oh, you said you're off the market now. Yes, but I'm like, man, girl, you said that a year ago. <laughs> so if you're in Seattle, you cannot hook up with Janica. Okay, we're clear. Moving on. Oh my gosh, I need another cup of coffee. Uh, <laughs> Well, so going back to our topic, so choosing your realtor, this is so, to me, I'm so passionate when I talk about this because I've seen a lot of, and I know I'm not bashing real estate agents, but real estate agents have had in the past a bad rap and for good reason. There are stories that I've heard, and I'm sure you've heard too, Jenica, of realtors who are just in it for the commission. They're just in it to get the deal done and they're not truly thinking about the client's best interest or what's the right move for them. And it can be absolutely vital for that buyer or not because they might be encouraging you to buy something that actually isn't the right investment for you or that isn't in an area that they think you would truly like living in. And here you are trusting them with everything. So I'm going to draw back a little bit, but there's a couple different things I'd love to talk about. I'd love to talk about like, how do you initially find your realtor? Like, are you Googling? So maybe we talk about that first. And then I'd love to talk about you know, what does that interview process, what kind of questions should you be asking and what should you really be looking for? And then we'll kind of talk about like why that's also important a little bit later. So Jenica, let's go to you. Like, what do you think if you were a buyer right now, what's the right way to start looking for a realtor? What would you do knowing what you know as a buyer? So I've got two answers for that. One, I've got, if um, you have relationships where you're moving, I think a huge testament is asking friends and family who they have a personal relationship with as a personal hands-off, hands-on referral that they've had an experience with that agent. So a referral-based connection with an agent. We have a lot of transplants in Seattle. So sometimes that's not necessarily something that could be available to them if they don't have the relationships here to then ask for that referral. So I think, you know, Google, Zillow, I use Google and Zillow for my reviews. I think those are a great place to see what people are saying firsthand about their experience with working with an agent. So I'd say either going the review route or if you can get a personal referral. Um, and I think like, just like you had said, and I wanted to just kind of add on to what you had just stated about trusting in the agent in the process. I think one of the biggest things that I run into here, and we are oversaturated in Washington with agents, it's a 90 hour clock hour course to get in. So what that means for, for buyers is that it is fairly easy to get into real estate. And so a lot of times you hear the comments and I'm sure you have too, of like, oh, well, I'm working with them because they're my friends or family. And my question always back to them is, are they as committed to this process as you are? Because if you're looking for an agent that is, we, we know, we all know this, that people come into our industry because they're like, oh, I just want to make a couple bucks. I want to help my friends and family. I want to just do this as a side hustle. And that mentality is what I think is our biggest detriment to our industry because this is people's biggest investment. And so if they're coming into this, saving money, doing the hard work to get to the point that they can buy a home, why then would you, you know, I understand that relationship, that personal relationship, but I would hope that your friend would also want to give you that same experience of matching that same energy of investing in you as much as you've invested to be able to buy a home. Totally. Yeah. And I think even if it is somebody who's a family or friend, they might not be as focused as you think they are, especially like you just said, there are so many realtors that just do it on the side. Or maybe when they buy properties, they just use their license to save 3% on the on the purchase. Um, so one of the questions 100% you need to ask is, is this your full-time job? How long have you had your license? And are you currently active in the area that I'm interested in buying in? Because yeah, maybe they had a really great experience working for your parents or your parents had a really great experience working with this realtor, but that's 45 minutes away from where you're looking to buy a house. That's why it's so crucial 
to really interview this person and whether you are getting a recommendation from a family friend or from somebody that you know that's worked with this person, that could have been 10 years ago. I just was talking to my parents. They're thinking about moving down here from Chicago and they just chose some random realtor that they saw off a billboard. And I'm like, well, you know, hopefully that goes good for you. But these are the questions you need to ask because just because somebody has their license does not mean it's their full-time gig. They're not going to give you your full-time focus, especially if they have another job. So finding out if it's their full-time career is super important. Um, the other thing is figuring out if they're actually active in selling real estate right now. They might have their license, but they might not have sold a house for two years. And I can tell you, it's crazy how much the market changes even in a month. But if they haven't been in it for two years, they might not know what's happening in the market. And that might be the reason why you don't get a house because they're just a little bit not with the program and they didn't know that you need to offer 25 grand over the list price. Because back in 1988, when they bought a house, they would print it off on paper and drive it to the other agent's office and present it in person. Like you just need to understand what does this career look like for this agent and are they active? Are they gonna be a shark for me? And so if you get a friend to recommend this person or family, just make sure that you know if this is their full-time job. The other thing that I always recommend people to look for are what systems do they have in place? So this is a business. We're running businesses. As an agent, we should be having a proof of that business that we're running. Like the, the there needs to be a process for things. And so I think that's one question to always ask. And I think that's a newer question where like when you Google, you don't necessarily see that as a something that's like the top five things to ask your agent. Like I've had questions sometimes it's like, what's your list to sales ratio? Well, that's a really old school question because this market is changing so frequently that the list price to sales price ratio could be higher and you it could be over the list price because of the competitiveness of the market. So I think that's like a very like balanced market mentality where like in Seattle, we are extremely competitive. So the importance of your agent is how aggressive, like you were saying, how aggressive are they going to be with educating you on how to be competitive with your offer? And so all of that takes a system. All of that takes an explanation down to like when they when you first reach out to that agent, what is their process for educating you on how to get into this market? And a lot of times that starts with a buyer consultation. And it amazes me constantly when I'm having conversation. Anytime we, we all get that like perk up ear when we hear about somebody that just bought a house. And I'm always asking them questions about their experience. Like, what did that look like for you? And it amazes me how many people just in conversation never had that one-on-one -on -one consultation to really understand what kind of market are you getting in, but they're figuring it out as they're in the seat of having to make offers and make those decisions without having all the knowledge. And also it can be overstimulating. And so if you can digest it and understanding what you're getting into, it's definitely more attainable and also not as overwhelming when you know what to expect. Yeah. Hence the class, like why we started the how to buy a house class was like the more educated you can be on the front end, even before you talk with a realtor, the better, because you're going to really understand where the market's at. You're going to understand what questions to ask. And you're going to just be that much more educated when you do go and buy a house so that you're not in a bad situation later. But your realtor, 100%, they will know if they're active in the market, they'll know what the market's like. And you can ask them those questions of like, is a house sitting on the market for two days or is it sitting on the market for two months? Because that really dictates if I'm going to get a good deal or not. Um, where are the interest rates at? What's the inventory like? Is, you know, is it a doggy dog world out there? Are we going to have to, you know, go above asking or am I going to be able to get my closing costs paid for? And you're right. A lot of people don't have that initial buyer consultation. So for those of you listening and you're like, what's a buyer consultation? You have every right to go on a date 
with your realtor before you hire them. Like go and and interview them, see what your connection is like, because it's not just about this person having the credible background, having the experience, knowing the market, but also how do you jive with this person? Do you trust them? Do you trust that what they're saying is true? Do you believe that they're going to have your best interest at heart? How are they going to negotiate on your behalf? Do they feel you know, maybe you want somebody who's a little bit more aggressive. Maybe you want somebody who's just really overly communicative and they're going to answer all of your questions anytime you call them. Really figuring out like what your needs are because I've had some clients, I'll be honest, where we kind of butt heads, but they trust me. And they're like, you know, you're not necessarily someone I would want to go on a cruise with or something, but I trust you. And so establishing that trust really does happen in that first initial consultation. And that might be the reason why you end up choosing somebody over somebody else. And what you said is so true, Jenica, about processes. Um, A lot of people that I've met with, they're like, well, I want to work with you. I want to use you. And for a long time, I was a solo agent. But then I became too good of an agent and I needed help. Would you trust a doctor if you went to a doctor's office and your doctor's the one filling out the paperwork with you and faxing copies of your insurance? Like, would you trust that doctor? Like, if that doctor is truly a good doctor, they should have a receptionist. They should have somebody doing their marketing for them. They should have somebody cleaning their office for them. They should have nurses because that doctor's best use of their time is coming in and talking to you about the big stuff. And as an agent, it's no different. And so having an agent that has people helping them and supporting them, that just goes to show you that your agent is extremely smart and very good at leveraging their time and sees that their time is super valuable, which in turn is going to work in your benefit because they see the value of your time as well. And so don't be afraid if you're like, oh, they've got a team. That means I'm not going to get to use them. To me, I, I want to use an agent that has support because I don't want an agent that's burnt out. I don't want an agent that gets show me a house on the weekends because they've been showing houses all week long. I want somebody who, you know, if they're on vacation, I can get somebody else on the phone. I mean, that kind of stuff you need to consider and all of that you can figure out within that first buyer consultation, first date meeting. Well, and I think that there's a huge missed opportunity in educating buyers on the value of real estate. And I think a lot of people, like I always use the example of the H&R Block. Like, yes, you can go to H&R Block to use your taxes and there's a good purpose for that and there's an ideal client for it. But when you understand how real estate can be used as a tool, and we talk about this in the class, it's always brought up when I'm having conversations with my clients of like how you can leverage real estate to build future wealth. That's not an H&R Block conversation. And so if you and every single buyer, every single buyer should be having this conversation because as soon as you buy, you now have an investment in something that you can use, whether you don't want to rent it out, whether you want to use it to buy your next property, like whatever that conversation looks like, it's a tool for your future wealth. And you need to have an agent that can constantly be there to advocate. It may not be the right time. I just had clients where they contacted me to sell. And I told them, I was like, you do not need, you should not sell this property. Like you need to flip this to a rental. And I was the third agent they talked to nobody else. Cause of course our job is to sell properties. I thought it was not in their best interest. And also I want to build a relationship with these clients for years to come. I'm not going anywhere. And I want to see them build wealth through this product. And so I think when hiring an agent, what is their investment in your longevity? And are they educating you as the, as the tool this is to build wealth? And Every single buyer has the ability to do this. 100%. I could not have said that better myself. And I think that's where a lot of agents go wrong. And going back to them having a bad rap is they're thinking about their paycheck. They're thinking about what's good for them and not thinking about what's good for the client. And exactly like you just said, I mean, you could have just been like, yeah, let's list your house. Let's make a sale and get a good payday. But you're like, no, that's actually not what's best for my clients. And that's what I'm going to advise them to do. And that's why you went 30 under 30 over somebody else, because your clients can feel that and really 
really interviewing this person to understand that this relationship with your realtor could be the reason why you get a better deal, get a better house, make more money, and somebody you might have a relationship with for years if, if it goes well. And so taking the time to really understand who this person is and kind of what their skill set is like. And uh, I'll never forget my dad. Like I said, I keep going back to my parents because they want to move here from Chicago and they're listing their house that they've owned for 30 years. And he goes, well, I'll, I'll just put a sign in the yard myself and I'm just going to sell it myself. And I was like, dad, do you cut your own hair? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. He's Greek and extremely frugal, but he's like, no, I don't. I'm like, and that's free and something that grows back every month. Why would you not use a professional on the biggest potential sale of your life? And you know, it, we bring so much value. And so I definitely want to touch on that because I think there are some people listening and they're like, well, I, I wasn't even planning on using a realtor because I can just, you know, get on Redfin and use an agent on there or just not use the agent to represent myself. Um, and I, I sat down with my dad and explained to him, I'm like, you're really putting yourself in a bad position by not choosing a realtor because the advice you're going to be getting from that person, the negotiating tactics and the sales strategies they're going to give you for selling your house could be the reason why you guys get 489.9 and not 439.9. And just the difference of who you choose as your realtor can really drastically change the outcome of the sale. And the huge liability of it too, is that our job is to protect our client's liability and having an agent that's not advising to protect your liability on the buy and sell side. Like that's where we hear the horror stories of mm -hmm. people in these situations. And I know that you know this as far as like our, when our market gets, I mean, in any market, but like, especially when we have a multiple offer situation and on the listing side, and I will, and this is again, like, it's not trying to dog on agents, but it's the reality that I think people need to know about of what this all can look like and why it's important to choose an agent, but you'll have multiple offers. And I, some of these offers I'm getting, I can tell by how they're written. They didn't advise their client of knowing or understanding the market, whether the agent didn't understand the market or the, the agent that set the buyer up for success. And then it is wild sometimes when we'll have 10, 15 offers on these properties. And that sounds like a lot and it's very intimidating. And then you have to cut out a minimum of at least half or more because they're not prepared to be in this market. And it's, you can tell by how that offer is written. And so it's so costly to you when you don't even know it. Like everyone, I always tell people, it's not, I'm not, my job is not here to save you money. It's to make you money. And so like when you're looking at it as a fact of like, what can I do to save money on this? Then you're not looking at real estate in the right format and you haven't been educated. That's not necessarily on you to understand that. It's on us to educate you on the power of real estate. 100%. Yeah. I remember I had a client and they, you know, they were like, I don't know. We don't really want to use a realtor. I don't, I don't really know if we're going to use you or whatnot. And I, you know, talked with them and pitched my value. And I remember them calling me later after we had sold their house. We had gotten them an incredible offer. I advised them on different things they should do inside the house to get their house sold. Um, we did this really cool marketing strategy because it was a, it was not a seller's market. It was totally a buyer's market, which means it was very hard to sell a house at this time. But I advised them. I'm like, I think we need to paint your cabinets. I think we need to replace some of these light fixtures. I've got this really great photographer. I'm going to come in and kind of like restage your house. I even brought things from my own home just to kind of zhuzh up their house. But that's also, it was a desperate times. Like you really needed to do this kind of stuff in order to get the household. And they also had an, another agent previously give them a price of what they thought they could get for it. And in my opinion, I was like, I think that might be a little too low. So 
We did these things to the house. We painted the front door, got amazing photos, priced a little bit higher, and we got a full asking price offer first day, which back in 2016 when this was, that was not normal. Things sat on the market for months, this time in real estate. And they were like, we truly don't know what we would have done if we wouldn't have been connected with you because like all of our other neighbors, our house could have just sat in the market. And so it's not only that we're giving you advice on what to do, and this is an example of using me as a listing agent, but for a buyer's agent, it goes the same way. Like the advice that we're going to be giving you along the way can make or break you getting a good deal on a house. And and protecting you from from a bad situation. And there have been plenty of times where I've told my clients, I do not think you should buy this house and I, I can't let you buy it. Um, because I care about your well-being too much and I care about your pocket and I, I can't let you buy it. And then they're like, thank God we didn't buy it because look, then we found this one. And um, it just goes to show, like especially agents that have been in it longer, that really is a testament. Most agents fail in their first couple of years, just like it's starting any other business. So if they've been in it for they've been in it for a long time, it shows that they've had repeat business and they've had success. So also understanding how long someone's been in the business, that will say a lot about who they are. But just because somebody's been in it for 15 years doesn't mean that they're good negotiators. So I think another question to ask is like, well, why should I choose you over somebody else? You know? And it's kind of like an interview when you're doing these buyer consultations, but that's something that I would ask. Like, why you over this person who sells more than you or who has a bigger team? And um, I think giving that agent a chance to sell themselves is actually really huge because that's going to be how they're representing you. When you're not there, when they're presenting your offer, they become salespeople and they're trying to sell your offer to that seller. And so let them sell themselves to you a little bit. I have no problem talking about myself because I now see the value in what I'm providing to my clients. But if that agent's a little timid and is like, I don't really know what I'm bringing to the table. Do you really want that person negotiating on your behalf? So definitely, you know, ask them those kind of hard questions of like, why should I choose you over somebody else? I think a fun question, I don't know if fun's the right word, but I think a good question that, you know, there, there could be different rounds of answers to this, but I think a good one, and you fully will know this one too, is like, what is your involvement in the real estate industry? Because our industry is also heavily relationship-based. So as far as like knowing, like I can't tell you how many times I've called, like where I've had buyers looking at a property and I know the listing agent for a property next door where I want to call and find out how how active did that get? How competitive did that get? Using my resources of being involved in the industry. And yes, that does take time and, and relationships, but also an agent that's maybe not been as long can get involved in the industry pretty quickly as far as like networking and building a database just of real estate agents, because it is crucial to our success for our clients that we have relationships with other real estate agents to know what they're seeing in different markets and price points and how to advise our clients. So true. Yeah. And I think that's been the same for me, like going to a house, if there's five offers on the table, but I know that agent and I have dinner on the calendar for next month, I'm going to call them and be like, Joe, you got to get this one. My clients are the sweetest. They're pre-approved with my favorite lender. Like this will be an easy transaction for your seller. Like we'll let you guys keep the the port swing, like whatever we got to do, you know? And it's like, we, he has that trust in me already. So he's like, I know that Jess is going to be advising her buyers to do the right things to get this deal closed versus all these other agents that didn't even take the time to call me and present their offer. So having relationships and you can ask your agent, what's your involvement? in your local association. 
And um, if you don't know what that is, we have like a realtor club in our city. And most cities have an association of realtors where it's basically like all the realtors get together and they have networking events and there's different panels you can be a part of just to kind of keep the real estate world alive. And it's a really great way to network and, and meet other realtors. And so for a long time, I was the chair of the Young Professionals Network with our association. And that opened me up. I met so many realtors that way and established so many friendships. And if your realtor isn't involved in an association, odds are they're probably not making friends with a lot of realtors. So they might just not have as great of a local connection. And again, that can make or break you getting the house or not. And I think the other thing I was going to touch on too is your realtor really does become like not only someone that's going to be advising you in your purchase and negotiating in on your behalf, and they're going to be like a goalie to make sure they're saving as much money for you as possible and like protecting you from any like bad bad houses and um, from liabilities and things like that, but they also become an advisor for you for the rest of your transaction. So like if they are really well-versed in construction, for example, and you're buying an older house, that could really work to your advantage. They might know some really great contractors. They might be able to help you pick out finishes, or if you're picking out tile at Home Depot, you can FaceTime them and be like, Jenica, should I get this tile or this tile? Like, what are you seeing? Like, this realtor, truly, if they have your best interest at heart, they want to help you through the whole thing. Um, I was just talking with a client today about that. And they're like, we don't know what we would have done if we wouldn't have used you because you helped us in our renovation. And so a lot of times, really making sure that your realtor also has the skill set of what you're going to need advising on and that they have those other connections outside of just connections with realtors, you know, with painters and with landscapers and cleaning ladies and even a good lender. I mean, if you haven't, um, by the time you interview your realtor, if you haven't chosen your lender, that's a great place to start of like, is there a lender that you recommend? Because that's also super important to interview your lender and make sure you're picking the right person. But your realtor will have a great relationship already with a great great lender and so that's like a great place to start too the one thing i always tell my clients is that you can also fire your agent so like we require a buyer agency agreement so i know legally and i'm representing and advising you in the real estate process when i'm having that conversation and presenting like this is how my process works and this is my buyer agency agreement i also make it clear like i want to work with people that want to work with me and while we may start this process and have a great relationship if things aren't jiving it's not jiving for either of us i don't want somebody to feel like oh now i Started this process, but also understanding what does that look like to terminate the agreement? What does that look like if they are not the right fit? And then also, like I tell my clients all the time, if I'm not the right fit, let me know because I have just like we were talking about relationships with agents where I'm happy to refer you to an agent that may do a better job than I am. And I'm okay with that because I don't have a scarcity mindset of this industry. And there's been times where I've had clients that you know, I helped them and then they chose somebody else. And then we all get the messages later of like, oh my goodness, I learned the hard way. And I'm like, sorry, I learned, but now you know, like what the experience was, but it's good to know, like, what does that, that flexibility look like? Yeah. A lot of people think that they can't fire their agent. And I actually went through that. I had a client this summer and they called me, actually I met them originally. And then a friend of them recommended like someone who was like connected through their family to another realtor. And they called me, they're like, Jess, we love you, but we're going to use this other realtor. I said, go for it. Let me know if you need any help at all. Even if you just need a second opinion, you can call me anytime, put me on speed dial. They're like, great. Well, sure enough, like three months later, they call me and they're like, Jess, working with this person has been a disaster. They never answer their phone. They don't know this neighborhood. We've asked to see houses and she said no. She's written up offers and left stuff blank. I just think that she, like, she just does not care about us. And I had that conversation. I'm like, you have every right to end this relationship and you have to be the one to kind of talk her through it. And you know what's crazy is that agent asked them, like, well, who are you going to go use? 
And they're like, oh, we're going to go use Jessica Randolph. So she called me, freaking out at me, like, I can't believe you're stealing my business. And I told her, I said, I never stole your business. I actually said, go, good luck, bless you. Like, it's okay that they're using you because that's how I believe this all goes around. There's more than enough to go around. I was like, but they don't feel like you actually are working on with their best interests in mind and that you're actually representing them well. And technically, you're signing this agreement that says you're going to represent them well. So you're not keeping up your end of the contract. And that's not my fault. And so we just had to have those hard conversations. And I've also had clients too where I've had to fire clients. Just going to say, can we talk about that too? Can yes. Okay, you tell me you tell me a, a story about yours. Okay, so that's where I also I just think that we all could do a better job of ultra transparency and I feel like like when I'm having my consultations, I let them know I have an exclusive relationship with you where this is a mutual exchange. We are both getting something from this and if we're not both feeling that we're getting something from this then a conversation needs to happen and just so that we're on the same page, it's just communication. But I feel like that is a big thing that is missed is that when Going back to like our original conversation of where so many people get into real estate, they do the 90 hour, they're trying to make a quick buck and they'll take anybody and everybody. Like our industry is the reason why we have 8 PM, 9 PM showings. Like we, no, we shouldn't be, no, we don't need to be doing that. And, but yet because people are so quick to just want to put something together and get out there, people have accommodated that and that will, that's become the norm. Well, that's not the norm and that's not the way I work. So I set those expectations because like you said, I don't want to be burned out. I want to be able to show up and be attentive and where my feet are, like that's where I'm paying attention. And so with that, all that to say, some clients, my number one thing that I tell clients is I don't care what price point you're in. I don't care what this looks like. What I care about is are you willing to listen and take the feedback? Because I am not going to set you up for failure, but sometimes what I say, you're not going to want to hear. And sometimes I will say you have to learn the hard way sometimes where there's clients that maybe they don't necessarily they haven't fully gathered how competitive it is or what it looks like a seller. Maybe they haven't realized how the market's gone down in pricing. Like there's so many different fluctuations of our market that they have to learn by example of saying like, okay, you missed out on this house because you weren't willing to compete at this level. However, like we need to take this feedback and learn from it. If they are not willing to listen, I, there is a point where it is no longer, I am not serving them because I'm setting them up for failure by not being able, if their goal is to buy a house and I can't get them into a house, then I'm not helping them reach their goals. And they're not best interest of my time where I'm putting time into them that I could be putting into other clients that are willing to take that feedback. 100%. And I think that they think, well, I'm the customer, so I'm always right. And they forget that it's a, it's a relationship. And as much as I'm going to be respecting your time as the buyer, you also need to respect my time. Just like I respect my doctor's time. She comes in there, she makes sure everything's okay and she's out of there. And I know she's busy, but I trust her and I trust her advice. And the time I do spend with her is super vital for me. And I would not trust anybody else. And so I think understanding that you as the patient or you as the customer, you also have to respect this relationship as well. And I remember similarly, I had an agent or a client that would call me at like 10 o'clock at night. And I've got children. And I remember I finally told him, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to just said his name. Uh, I said, I am here to help you, but I cannot help you in this way this late at night. And so I think we need to set some boundaries. And this is when I was early on in real estate too. So I, I didn't set the expectation up front. And part of that's my fault. But I told him, I was like, I know you work late. He worked um, for Amazon. He worked super late hours. Um, if you've ever had a client that worked for Amazon, like they work all hours of the day. Like God bless them. Um, I can only imagine because stuff shows up on my porch like a minute after I order it. So they must be doing something hard over there. Um, but he just expected that he could just call me at 10 o'clock 
o'clock, 11 o'clock at night. And I finally said, I was like, I will not answer the phone anymore past eight o'clock. And that's because I need time to rest so that I can have energy again tomorrow to give you my best. And I can't do that if I'm not getting time to rest. And he fired me. And I said, God bless you. Go use whoever you want. If you find an agent that'll answer the phone at 11 o'clock, all the power to them. They're probably sleeping in until 10 a.m. And probably missing out on the new listings that popped up at 7 a.m. because they're staying up so late for you. So just remember what you're getting into. And so I think it is important for people listening to realize that like it takes two to tango. You also want to respect your agent's time, but especially because you want this to be a relationship that's gonna that's gonna flourish and really help you in the biggest purchase of your life. So just remember that we are also human beings and have a life and have to do laundry and go on vacation sometimes. And and that honestly helps us to be better realtors for you. That you bring up one more, I think, excellent question that I think any buyer should ask is what does it look like if you're not available? So like what as an agent, because you bring up vacation, like, yes, we all want to go on vacation to have a life, but I have systems in place that my clients don't miss a beat if I'm gone. And so what does that system look like? We're not always available to get out for every showing. If we do we have a support team, like what does your support look like when you're not available and what can I expect? Just like we're saying, what are your hours? What can I expect from my my time with you? So like I tell my clients, I'm available till seven. After seven, it's my time off. However, if I'm in active negotiations, I open that time up because that's the most priority is getting you in that home. So, or getting, you know, the contract signed around. But after seven o'clock, like there's really nothing, like there's, we're, we're fine. Like I love the saying, mm-hmm. like nobody dies in real estate. Like it will all be okay. And we want to be prepared to show up, like you're saying, the best the next time. For sure. What would you say to someone that's like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to use a realtor. I'm I'm just going to do this on my own. You know, I've, I've done the process before. Like, what would you say to that person in that situation? Because I get that sometimes. Yeah, I think the biggest, I would ask them for an opportunity to like have a conversation about the market. And, you know, there's always going to be those people. And I have, I'm still working on accepting that of like, there's some people that just are going to do it their own way. And blessings on them. And that's where like kind of that H&R block example of like, there's going to be those people that just want to do it themselves that just want to have that experience. But I think where it's lacking is just like we were talking about is what is the opportunity that you can use this for more? Like it should, your real estate agent should give you that value of what you think you're saving and some. And so if I can show you, I can show you examples from my clients. I can show you how I've saved my clients money. Like these are conversations that like I just revert back to like, I'm not here to save you money. That is not my job. But if you're interested in building wealth and using this as a tool, I can show you how to do that if you're open to it. Some people are never going to be open to it. And I just, I'm working on like, you have at it with your bad selves because that's the journey. But um, I think that uh, one thing is that people feel like they can do it because they haven't found the right fit on the person that can educate them. And if I can bring you value to show you my value, you should make more money by working with an agent than you're saving. Yeah, I totally agree. I am I'm notorious for this. Like if I if a light fixture breaks in my house, Josh is like, oh, just throw it away. I'm like, no, I want to like fix it. And But instead of hiring an electrician, I will try and fix it myself because I love doing things on my own. And I think there are a lot of people, even in this younger generation of first-time home buyers, that are like, I just want to do it myself. And my advice would be educate yourself. Do that piece. But 100% the value of your realtor is to me, I mean, we we always pay for ourselves in just our advice already. Um, as long as the agent that you're using truly is like we're talking about a great realtor. Um, and I would say the things that make a great realtor, again, to just go over would be somebody that's been, that has good reviews, somebody that already has trusted clients that are like, I love this person and I would use them again and again and again, just like going to a restaurant. I mean, I want to go to some restaurant where somebody's recommending it to me. I don't want to just Google good eats in Portland. Like 
I want somebody to be like, I had their burger. It was the best burger. You're going to die. Like, I want that restaurant. And so find out what are people, what are people recommending? Who are people talking about? And then also, of course, getting online and seeing how active are they? Um, how many houses have they sold in this neighborhood? How long have they been in the business? And then again, in your buyer consultation with them, feeling out, do I trust this person? Do I really feel like they've got my best interest at heart? Asking them those hard questions like, you know, what, what sets you apart over other realtors? How do you manage your time? What do I do if I can't get a hold of you? All of those good questions I think is really going to help you decide who is the right fit for you. And don't be afraid to interview multiple people until you find the right one. Um, I don't think there's any anything wrong with doing that. But yeah, I definitely think the value, especially for those of you listening that have bought a house and maybe you didn't use a great realtor and you're like, man, I wonder what it would have been like if I would have actually vetted that person. Now, you know, moving on that you can, you know, take more time to find the right fit. And I would say just as a ask for all of us in the, on the real estate side is that like I've had clients, I've had friends that have decided I, I'm not the right fit for them. And I, we, this is our journey. This is our lives that we're in. It's our everyday, whether somebody works with us, not, not interviewing, having these questions. I am completely comfortable with the interview process. I'm excited when people are asking this question. So I have the opportunity to share with them how I'm going to bring them value. But if you decide I'm not the right fit, just let us know. That's all that, that's all it takes is a conversation of like, Hey, I decided to go this route. And like I said, this is our everyday. Like this is something that we're used to and not that it's a bad thing, but it's also just if we're investing this time or we're having these conversations, then knowing that we are working for you or we've gone a different route. Yeah, I completely agree. Well, I feel like this is so much food for thought. Like I even am like, oh my gosh, like it, 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 this is so good. And I love everything that you said. And I think um, it also just is a tribute to or a testament to who you are as an agent and um, why I'm so psyched to have you teaching her how to buy a house class in Seattle because that is the type of agent that we want representing this brand. And um, I'm psyched for your classes in Seattle and for people to get to know you. And so if you're in Seattle, you can sign up for Jenica's classes. Um, you can do that at howtobuyahouseclass.com. Um, you can follow us on Instagram and sign up for her upcoming classes as well. And Jenica, I'm going to ask you the question that I ask everybody at the end of every episode, which is... If you could give one piece of advice to the listener to this podcast, what would it be? And it could be real estate related. It could be really anything that you want to tell them. But what's one piece of advice you would give? Um, I'm just going to close it with what we've been talking about. But I think that I would love to have everybody know what a tool real estate can be for building future wealth. And so if you don't, if that doesn't sound familiar to you or you don't understand how you can use it, that's where I would lean into educating and finding an agent that can educate you on how you can use this as a tool. Um, because I think that more, especially like our age range, like we're not taught this in school. We're not taught how to leverage this. It, I wasn't taught this. Even when I was first in real estate, I was taught by another agent on how to take that equity from a property and leverage it to buy my next home. And so from that, I have two rental properties and was able to buy my third place just based on the equity of these other properties. And mind blowing when you know how to use it, it is that simple. But I think that that's a missing link. And so I'd love to say for anybody listening that make sure you understand, like, you know, and you feel comfortable with how you can leverage this investment. Yep. Amen. I love it. That's what we're all about here. So could have said it better myself. Jenica, thank you so much for your time and for, you know, giving us all of your wisdom. Again, if you guys want to follow Jenica, you can do that on Instagram. What is your Instagram handle again? Jenica Realtor. So J-E-N-N-I-C-A and then Realtor, R-E-A-L-T-O-R. Easy enough. Give her a follow. Whoa. Check her out. Jenica, right. thank you so much. I'll talk to you soon. Later. Have a good day. All right. Bye. 
Stay tuned for more episodes from the How to Buy a House class. You can follow us on Instagram. We're at the How to Buy a House class. You can also email us. Yes, we still use email and we would love to connect to you that way as well. You can reach us directly at hello at howtobuyahouseclass.com. And I also would love to connect with you. My Instagram handle is at Jess Lou Randolph. And we hope you have a fabulous day. Thanks for listening and God bless you.